Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Contest Prep University. I'm Joe Klimczewski with Adam Atkinson. We're going to talk about what I termed probably more than 15 years ago, the metabolic building phase of contest prep. And this this gave way to the whole concept of reverse dieting a few years later, which most people interpret as what you do after a contest, after a diet, after an event. Uh, we've talked about that in juxtaposition to other applications like recovery dieting instead of reverse dieting, where you're coming up a little bit quicker, trying to stabilize hormonal base and regain some homeostasis a little bit more quickly. But back to this metabolic building phase, my intent way back then was to make sure that number one, timing as somebody is coming in for a landing for a contest just isn't missed when it comes to conditioning. If you think after 16, 20, 24 weeks of, of dieting, you can just perfectly nail something on that day, what if you're off? What if you're off by a week or two? Then you know, you're gonna you're gonna say, wow, all that work for nothing. So just to make sure you're ready early, and then people would rightly ask, well, is there such a thing as too early? Can you get too lean too early? So we'll talk about that today. Uh, another thing, though, that when I was experimenting with this may have even been close to 20 years ago, as I think about my first uh, WMBF world champion who I use this with to uh, a really precise degree. And, and that's what really led me to explore this as, as, a, as a real tactic to use over and over. It's the fact that once you are as lean as you can be and you start increasing food, you create this upward metabolic pressure. And I see this all the time to this day. I have a couple clients I'll use as examples who are doing this beautifully right now in that they, they were ready early. We start adding food. They keep losing. They keep getting leaner. We add some more food. They lose a little bit faster. We're adding more food. And not to be mistaken for the myth, the very bro pop culture myth that, hey, man, if you're not losing weight, you got to add food. You're not eating enough. We know through just pure physics and biochemistry, you still have to be in a calorie deficit and you have to be in a big enough calorie deficit long enough to get lean enough. But once you are there, once you have decided you're at the leanest, the leanest you need to be, or arbitrarily just the leanest you want to be, to titrate food up that cyclically, that incrementally, you can really create some amazing convergence of, of two or three very important things. Number one, as I said, you start to rebuild your metabolic base, your metabolic capacity. That helps you retain lean body mass and even gain some back. So think about that in terms of contest prep. And then you've, you've also given yourself a chance to increase what you're capable of in the gym. So now you're getting a little bit more anabolic or close to that threshold. And to be honest, Adam, I just never, ever, ever see a downside except in an extreme case where somebody has just stayed too lean too long under their metabolic set point. So maybe they've been dieting, extending their contest season by another month or two months, you know, competing in the spring and then the fall, and they've just stayed too lean too long. There is a point, I think, of no return where I don't care how much you have increased your food intake. It's no longer a mechanism of just pure calories eaten. 
it's part of now your body composition. You're just too lean, too lean for too long. And you do have to eventually get back up above that metabolic set point. So a, a couple hash marks on that continuum, but going all the way back to your first days as a coach, I, I know you've used this exceptionally well for a lot of people. Some people just don't ever get here because they're, they, they just don't give themselves enough time, especially when we work with somebody for the first time. Um, but, but where do you stand in your whole evolution of this concept of just metabolic building, making sure calories are increasing up to the show and, and how you create what you think is going to be a good timed trajectory from that perspective? Yeah, it, it's a big forefront of my business because I often tell my clients, I want you ready early, you know, for all those beneficial reasons. Uh, but a couple of things I get resistance on is, you know, am I cutting too fast? Why is this prep so long? But at the expense of possibly not winning. And I can honestly say probably about 90% of my clients win when they reach that metabolic building phase. It's just that good when you do it. The first thing that people don't really consider too is when you are dieting for a show, for you to just get to peak week and expect that stress load to be off, like that's one factor that you really have no control over when that actual recovery happens. Yes, more food can help that. But for you to get the stress load off from the dieting could take longer than the entire peak week in itself. So if you have weeks to manage that and people that don't know there's a relationship with cortisol and aldosterone. And if that's in flux, you're really going to have a hard time controlling the body into that peak week. So if you have time to take the stress load off, also deeply store carbs in the muscle tissue, you're going to wind up with a much better outcome. Plus, it also gives you time to experiment with what is your maximum fullness threshold? And uh, I actually had a client this weekend where I really feel like we found that it was her second peak week of the season. And we were just a little bit better than the last peak week because we were really pushing fullness based off of her feedback. And I literally would see this client spill over at night, which is exactly what we wanted and just wake up tight, but really full in the morning. And we left that show just saying we nailed it. And we don't think we could have done anything better. It was the first time she ever got feedback on her glutes being big enough. They said nothing about her glutes. They actually just said, her legs were a little too cut. So, you know, short-term posing, long-term build the glutes so we don't have to be as cut. But it, it's just such a staple for me to hit that. And I feel like, you know, a lot of people make generalizations on the preps too long or it's too low or don't get lean too early. And it's just like, a lot of noise out there to prevent people from doing what they actually should do. And uh, a, a lot of people just aren't strong enough to do it, to be ready. They need that light at the end of the tunnel and be like, all right, it's peak week. I finally made it. 
And it's like, yeah. well, did you really, if your competitors are four weeks ahead of you? Yeah. And for somebody to your point about any resistance from a, a client or potential client, uh, I, I just had this conversation with somebody and I said, okay, if, if, if we are kind of negotiating or trying to reverse engineer when we should start and this, this client, was questioning whether we're starting too early. And I said, well, keep in mind, we're not dieting that whole time. I mean, let's factor in some planned and maybe unplanned diet breaks, holidays and so forth. And we want to be ready for six or eight weeks ahead of time where you're increasing food. And I don't necessarily count that as dieting, you know, toward the goal because we've already met the goal. But, you know, I, I love what you said about the client who finally got ready early enough that you could increase food gradually and in total enough to where as a bit of maybe an ectomorph, her muscle tissue is now fuller because a lot of people I think look at this as only necessary. If you're an endomorph, you have problems getting lean enough, then you're just grinding, 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 giving yourself those extra weeks to do more if you need it. But truly uh, on even that other end of the continuum, it is so beneficial. I have a client right now, who experienced this week exactly what you said about having moved calories up enough that we are riding a very fine line of maintenance eating, even though the contest is in literally 10 days from today. And he was a little worried. He sent me some photos. This is me at night. Man, I feel like my my quads are getting a little blurry. I'm a couple pounds up. I don't feel as tight. Oh my gosh, Joe, what should we do? And I said, go to bed. And tomorrow, as you said, Adam, you're going to wake up much, much tighter and we're going to be fine because when you are getting up to glycogen threshold levels that are literally full, then you're you're going to have some of that tiptoeing across that line. It takes a lot of monitoring and assessing, but that is a real danger, Adam. And, and I love your, your comments on this. For this particular client, also an ectomorph, we've been dieting for, gosh, I would say almost eight months. He really gave himself a long time. Uh, he considers this his swan song of contest seasons. He wants to hang it up after this. And he just didn't want to leave anything on the table. I want to I want to be as lean and full and perfect as I possibly can. So here we are having increased food. This is a guy who was dieting on as low carbohydrate levels as 100 to 150 grams a day. Now he's eating 300 to 400 a day just to maintain, just to not lose anymore. We were as low as 40 to 50 grams of fat. Now he's eating 80 to 100 grams of fat. His protein during dieting was 150 to 175 grams. Now it's at 200 plus. So his food intake is almost double what it was when he was dieting. And we're we're just trying to hang on to lean body mass. We're, we're trying to keep him obviously this lean. He's earned that. But we now have the contest that... that you know, from that perspective has been about a month out now, a week and a half out. And so here's my contention. And I want to see your opinion. I think just tiptoeing th week to week to week. Okay. Have a high carb day. Okay. Let's go back to baseline, increase this. Let's go back. I think that can be tougher than still having some full strategy of of increasing food like we talk about in metabolic building or the progressive linear load. So as I told him, we want to stay close to tight. You know, if we have to air, we still want to be a little bit conservative, but when it comes to peak week, we really still want to be able to create a very progressive 
arc to that. You don't want to have to be up on Tuesday, down on Wednesday, up again, up again, down a little bit, watch, you know, just worried about spilling over. So I, so we have to intentionally make sure you're, you're at about your flattest. We, we've managed this for weeks now. You're not going to lose lean body mass in seven days. So let's go back to baseline find that basement a little bit like let's see where your your glycogen levels are down a little but you're not flat you're not losing body fat or lean body mass and let's just make sure we know where that line is and then time our increase let's you know then we're not a rapid back load it's a progressive linear load but it, it that that is to me the difficulty in this is making sure at the very end when you got both sides of that coin, tightness and maximum, maximum fullness, because you've you've earned the position to have both, you still through the right peaking have to make sure you nail that. So so is that something that you've dabbled with and you think of as well? Yeah, I'm smiling over here because I have two clients who I hope watch this because they're in the same exact situation. Um, they both did Team Universe. Team Collegiate Masters Nationals. And now we're going into North American. So there's about a three and then a four week and then another four week gap between those shows. So uh, we've linearly loaded both of these clients for a long time. We've definitely seen that maximum saturation of fullness. And, you know, to your point, we're starting to spill a little bit. We're losing a little bit of tightness. And we drop their food intake down to regain that. And they're both kind of like, well, are we going to go ahead and up it? We're about two weeks, well, a week and a half out from um, North American. So, you know, I want that that runway for them to gain some speed all the way up until North American. So I said, why don't we stay down a little bit? Cause the last thing I want to do is have this great, you know, progressive load and then have to dip, you know, at the very, very end, if it's the day before I'm fine, I just don't want to get to Tuesday and be like, Oh my gosh, we've got to fix this and bring things down and kind of lose that momentum. And you know, you do lose a little bit of insulin sensitivity as you stay higher. You have more glucose stores filled. Um, there's less space for glucose to go into as you stay higher. And identically, both of these clients are experiencing that because we've been reverse dieting for so long and they're really at that peak threshold right now. And another thing that competitors and maybe coaches need to realize is when you are at that higher end, number one, nine out of 10 of these variables are exactly where you wanted them. Metabolism is high. Lean body mass retention is high. The catabolism, anabolism, uh, you know, fulcrum is in your favor. So instead of having these knee-jerk reactions of, of pulling food back, going up, pulling food back, oh my gosh, now we're in a free fall, let's increase again. You know, you have activity and movement as another uh, leverage point, another variable. So if if somebody starts maybe gaining a pound or two and you see those glycogen stores are are full enough that they're spilling over, maybe you just add back a little bit of low intensity cardio consistently. Or, um, you know, because training intensity is probably increasing because their food intake is high, 
you you increase frequency there a little bit, you know, more like having the energy you would have in an off season, which is very helpful. But I would say too, I, I love your metaphor of a runway. That's a perfect way to say that. You know, when you're leading up to the show, no matter how you've done this, how you've gotten, you know, quote to the airport, you know, now peak week is the runway and you want to make sure you have things set up like that, that you want. I'll give you another example of a client who um, we did this. It was our first time competing and she looked phenomenal. You know, she was at her lifetime best. And I just thought, you know, lessons learned if we work together again, maybe we could be a percent, you know, a couple pounds lighter and tighter. Like maybe that would help as an ectomorph. You at least would have been lean enough. And then, as you said, we could fill up more aggressively. So, you know, the season was over and you know, nothing, nothing negative about it. Again, just lifetime best condition. But we started this metabolic build process uh, continuance now on the other side of the show because she was already there in one regard for the contest. Now we're adding food, we're adding food, adding food. All of a sudden, just like the male client I'm describing, her food intake is just sky high. We're in that almost metabolic capacity honeymoon phase where it's it's unrealistically, unsustainably high. And I told her, this isn't going to last. Like, you can't stay here forever. Your body will downregulate a little bit. You'll you'll eventually eat a little bit more density, a little bit more looseness in your food intake. So you'll you'll slow down. But she said, you know, I'm looking so good. Maybe we should just do another show. And so she did. And it was like your clients going from kind of the, you know, masters or nationals to North Americans. You're kind of following that season. And they just keep getting better and better and better. Flash forward, Adam, to about three months after her last show, she weighed around 123, 124 for her contests. She's 121 to 122. Like it's, we are at insane levels of food and she's now leaner than even the contest and the fullness is noticeably better. So to your question and the conundrum clients often argue about, which is maybe maybe there is such a thing as dieting too long. We're three months into the off season and she's only looking better. She's leaner. And so that metabolic building phase, when done incrementally and appropriately, it's amazing. It's you if, if you have ever experienced this as, as a competitor, that's the gold standard. You, you could only hope to redo it as well. I mean, that's when you know you've done it right is when you can take that long to diet, bring yourself back up so slowly that you're at true off-season maintenance levels of food and you are still exactly contest lean. I mean, you you, you couldn't approach the stage at any better position. Absolutely. You know, there's a lot of times I don't want to post my clients' food intake because it really skews people's perception. If I have someone three or 400 grams of carbs going into a peak week, they think that they probably dieted on about that or higher, you know? So I always want to kind of throw that out there. You know, another thing I want to toss out there when we're speaking of this, we're talking about a healthy human body and a healthy human mind. So I do think those are the variables where prep does get too long if certain issues aren't being addressed. 
uh, biofeedbacks being ignored. I had a girl who started with me last year, end of last year. We pulled her out of prep because her digestion was horrible. <laughs> and, you know, it was nothing that we could fix in that stressful state of prep. And, you know, could I have maybe gotten her ready? Yeah, but when food was going to go up, I think it would have been really bad for her. So, you know, and then also just mentally healthy are these people binging, uh, probably not to reach the state. So the physical health and the mental health have to be there before, you know, we can talk about all this stuff. So on paper, you know, everything we're talking about is perfect, but sometimes clients aren't always perfect or the situations or some of the functional health issues they may be going through might make these protocols a little bit different. I'm really glad you brought up just mental health and mental continuity with the, the whole goal of contest prep, because when you do extend a prep to include this metabolic building phase and maybe some diet breaks along the way, there's no doubt that it's easier to lose track once in a while to lose some focus. And it it is literally a honeymoon phase of contest prep on the approach side of the contest when you can be increasing food like what what could be better from doubling your carbon take tripling your carbon take but it can also lead to getting a little bit sloppy like well if i can eat this much food why not add this or that or that food source that's maybe not easily tracked food labeling and so forth is not as accurate so uh, another one of my clients who has done extremely well, just so many, so many pro cards and pro card wins um, because he has the ability to diet this aggressively, enter that metabolic building phase and just decimate people with the combination of conditioning and fullness. Uh, it, it's interesting that he as a foodie and he'll be listening to this, he'll, he knows who I'm talking about. Uh, he he loves novelty. He loves food creation. He's he's in the kitchen all the time making great stuff. And there's a point in time where he knows, okay, I've got to bro this shit out. Like I I can't be using Cool Whip and this and that and having 50 different food items. Like I need to narrow it down to whole food sources. I need my carbs and my protein to be consistent throughout the day. And as soon as he does that, his weight loss, you know, really skyrockets. There's a there's a big difference. And again, I mean, if you're tracking macros, and I know he does it impeccably accurately, the only difference is the the inaccuracy of those food labels and those those uh, food count sites and so forth. And so that's another thing. Even when you are increasing your food, you may want to make sure that you're doing it with really good uh, reproducible results. This, these similar foods, get some consistency, more whole food than processed. And make sure you've got a real handle on the objectivity of what you think you're eating and what you're seeing in the mirror, what you're seeing on the scale. So, you know, not a time, even even though it feels like you've reached the finish line four weeks or eight weeks early, not the time to lose focus and just start uh, letting some crap slip in. Yeah, usually like once a week or maybe twice at most if you're doing some pretty large refeeds and maybe digestions a little you know, tough due to the food volume, I might let somebody get a little more experimental with that food. But 
you know, case by case with that for sure. And you're right. You definitely don't want to throw a bunch of new stuff in because that can just wreak havoc on the GI if they start getting some of the wrong things in. Well, one of the things that I often tell clients too, when, when we're still on this South side of the contest date, uh, if we're increasing food, and we have to really be careful at increasing enough, like an ectomorph who's ready early and we don't want those free falls. We don't want to get into this irreparable cycle of of losing weight. And you, you really see that in an ectomorph where they're really thinning out and you're worried about losing true muscle mass. If we need some increases, it's, you know, let's throw in some steak. Let's throw in some red meat every single day. Let's eat some egg yolks with your egg whites. Let's maybe with one of those planned high calorie days, as you're mentioning here, Adam, throwing a burger or something, but just stay away from the sugary processed, really, you know, innocuously bad food. If you think, oh, hey, I can have this bowl of ice cream or eat this or this. And even if you think you're tracking macros, when it's super high processed, high sugar, high saturated fat type foods from that processed food category, that's when it gets really, really tough to track accurately. And you're probably going to see more cravings and blood sugar instability than if you had some really good whole food dense meals. Those tend to be a lot more sating and and decrease hunger instead of increase it on the other side once your stomach's empty. Yeah, 1000%. All right, man. Well, I think we covered a lot here. I I wanted to make sure we had a feature length uh, bit of content on what the metabolic building phase is, not only why it's so effective, but how far that can range for different people, different body types. And even when you extend it after the contest into the off season, how that can be quite eye-opening in like, maybe I didn't even do it enough. Maybe there's another gear, even though I hit a lifetime best you know, another, another place to strive for next time, but also importantly, some of those pitfalls, you know, what if you are, you know, seemingly too early, how do you manage that? How do you bring food intake up? How do you cycle calories? How do you guard against both fullness and, and leanness? And then as you put it so brilliantly, making sure you still have that runway that you want for peak week, you know, no matter how well you think you've managed the whole prep and this, this, metabolic building phase, you still have to make sure you have a matching, very strategically thought through um, peak week. So, all right, Adam, I appreciate you as always. And you guys who watch Contest Prep University, I, I keep failing to mention this, but if you have not seen the fact that we created the Contest Prep University D1 Club, Division One Club, we are doing some every other week um, exclusive content where we meet with those the people, members in our D1 club, answering their own personal questions about their journey, their prep, their peaking methodology. Uh, you don't have to be a client of ours to be in this. It's uh, virtually free, $3 a month, just to make sure we can maintain that exclusivity side, the, the private side for those members. And we even had a really good one last week where our medical director, Dr. Jennifer Souders, and our dietetics director, uh, Austin Kiergaard, were part of that. Uh, All of those, if you can't make those meetings, are recorded. Uh, So consider that. Message uh, one of us, and we'll get that info to you, the Contest Prep University D1 Club. But we will see you guys all next time in Contest Prep University. 